Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Crew Talk, brought to you by Shoots.video. I'm Sarah, and I will be your host for this evening. And we have a wonderful panel of people here to talk to you about Stage 32. I'm excited to dig into it. So I'm going to go across my screen right now and kind of have everyone introduce themselves. Um, We are going to start with Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Sarah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, for having me. Uh, as Sarah said, my name is Taylor C. Baker, and I'm an actor, and I'm the director of community at Stage 32. Wonderful. And you are in Austin, Texas, correct? I'm based in Austin, Texas, yes. Wonderful. Well, we are glad to have you. And hello again, John. Thank you for joining us again today. We are glad to have you. Great to be here, Sarah. Uh, my name is John Kelly. Uh, I'm a writer uh, corporate screenwriter, and uh, I've been doing that most of my career. I live in the little hamlet of Snowball, Arkansas, up by the uh, Buffalo National River, and uh, it's a delight to be here today. Thanks for wonderful, talking. of course. And last but certainly not least, we have Angela. Hey, Angela. Hi. How are you? I'm Angela Castantello. Um, I'm an actor and writer, and I'm the creative services manager at Stage Thirty Two. Wonderful. Well, we are excited to jump into everything Stage Thirty Two, but I guess. My first question would be, how did Stage 32 come to be? Like, what is the history of it? I don't know if Angela or Taylor, you want to take that. Either one of you can. Sure, I'd be happy to take that. So we are actually celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year. So we have been around for a decade. Uh, And Stage 32, for those of you who do not know, is the largest online platform for connecting and educating film, TV, and digital creatives and professionals worldwide. We have over 800,000 members in, I want to say, over 180 countries. So in almost every corner of the world, you can find someone on Stage 32 to chat with. And it was really born, our founder and CEO, Richard R.B. Botto, really created as a platform for himself to network and create connections in entertainment. Uh, We're really working hard to democratize the entertainment industry and level the playing field for everyone, no matter where you live. And RB just wanted, he didn't see a place where he could connect with people and make authentic relationships and get access and opportunities to great ways to get your career going in entertainment. So that was really how it was born 10 years ago. And we've had some amazing success stories and growth since then. And we're excited for 10 more years of success stories and growth for our members. Well, congratulations on 10 years. That is quite an accomplishment. Um, And I went to the website and I mean, I was like, oh, wow, this is what this is. This is really cool. Like you can chat with anyone in the field on anything. Um, And so, Angela, do you want to kind of talk about your history with Stage 32 and a little bit more about what you do there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually got started with Stage 32 as an industry reader, uh, which means that if someone submits their screenplay or their teleplay to Stage 32 to receive coverage, which is notes on your screenplay or teleplay, um, I am one of the readers who could potentially read your piece. I have years and years of history of doing this in the industry myself. I freelanced doing it in New York for 100 million years, but I also have done it for numerous festivals and for years. Um, And that's how I came to Stage 32 originally. Uh, I was the number two for our script services or developmental services department for the better part of a year. Um, I was helping out our director's script services and just was an additional liaison between all the screenwriters uh, and the administrative end of Stage 32 for 
a long time. And now I'm the liaison between our entire community and the administrative end of stage 32. And that's really fun. I love talking with all of our community members, whether they're a screenwriter, a director, a budding producer, or what have you. It feels so nice to just be an advocate for them. Um, as, as an actor and a writer myself, it's always helpful to know that you have an advocate out there in the world for you. Um, just helping you know that like you're doing all the right things, you're putting yourself out there and just continue to be relentless. I know that this is hard. Uh, that's as, as brief a description of what I do <laughs> as is possible because that's, I feel like- That's great. Yeah. So- is that one of the services then that Stage 32 offers is they can submit their script and have somebody kind of go through it and um, critique oh, yeah. for them. So what are some of the other services that you can find on Stage 32? So many. So uh, these coverage options are plentiful uh, and there's different levels of coverage that you can do. And if you wanted, um, if you have specifically a short script that you would like to get coverage on, there's that option. If you want only your first 10 pages to be reviewed and to have notes on that, because it's so important if you're writing a story to make sure that you have a crazy huge hook, we have coverage specifically for that. Um, different lengths of coverage, different people who will give you coverage. We have a bajillion D7 options and no less than that. Um, we also have uh, consultations. So if you wanted to have either your pitch deck or your pitch Bible reviewed, if you wanted um, an industry professional to be able to read your screenplay and then have a developmental chat with you about that over the phone or over Skype, it's literally your choice. There's options for those things. If you are a novelist or you've written a manuscript and you're like, hey, I really want to translate this for the screen, but I'm not sure how to do that. We have consultations available for that as well. Um, if you're somebody who's just starting out with writing and you're like, I don't really know how to begin, um, we have mentorship opportunities. So you can sign up with an industry professional and say, help me, this is where I'm at. I'm not really sure where I'm going, but this is where I wanna be. Um, and they will help they will help mold you and they'll give you a path to success. Um, we have mock pitch sessions on the weekends. Mm. So if you're a person who is working on refining your pitch, um, we have different industry executives who are presiding over these pitch sessions every single weekend. And they run the gamut from producers to literary managers to development executives and financiers. And you do your five to six minute pitch in front of them. They ask you questions and then they give you a feedback scorecard shortly thereafter and they say what worked in your pitch and what didn't and why. Um, our whole idea at Sage Too, and I know that this is something that Taylor and I can both speak to a great deal, is to make sure that every single person who's a member of our community uh, just walks away from our community eventually feeling the, the best storyteller that they can be and that they're at the top of their craft. We want to make sure that we're giving everybody the most amount of education possible so that they can be the best screenwriter, producer, what have you that they can possibly be. Wow. Um, so you guys- <laughs> one part of stage 32. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to dig into all of it, but I mean, it sounds like you cater to all the needs of like writers, directors, just everybody. But if somebody were a new writer or kind of didn't know where to start, what a great place to turn to. Yeah. 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 And well, we, we John, oh, sorry, go ahead, Taylor. 
we like to think of ourselves as sort of like a one-stop shop for filmmakers, actors, producers, screenwriters, what have you, because we have, in addition to the script services department, Angela was speaking to, which I, I plopped in the, the chat if anyone's interested in any of those services, as well as our just regular website, it's free to create a profile and start networking. Um, we also have the education division of Stage 32, and we have over 1,500 hours of webinars, classes, labs, uh, where you get taught by Oscar, Emmy, and BAFTA nominated and winning teachers. So these are people that are like at the top of their field. I like to think of our education as all the things I didn't learn in film school, because uh, we have a lot of great resources for the craft side of, of the entertainment, but we have a ton of great education on the business side of things from like really specific things about like how to get distribution in South America for your film, you know, like really almost everything you could want to learn about entertainment. We like to think there's a webinar for that on stage 32. Um Mark DP Wiz just wrote in and asked about uh, projects already in development and uh, documentaries. And I, honest to goodness, Mark, like there, we have things on the educational side for all of that. I know I can think of like a, a series of specific webinars that are revolving around projects that are already in development and how to like take those things to the next level and documentary specific things as well. So definitely check out the things that our, our educational side has to offer in that regard, for sure. I just plopped in the education link and I'm looking specifically for the one on distribution because we have a ton of webinars about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll pop that, that in the chat for you guys. Great, thank you. And John, as a writer, what do you have to say about all of this? Um, where was this when I was growing up? <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> this is fabulous. Well, part, as you know, it's a cold world out there, and and querying and, and even even getting an agent can be an arduous journey. So uh, I'm 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 actually really um, intrigued by the community that you have because it sounds like you bond with a lot of people, especially the mentorship program. I mean, if you read anything by William Goldman and the people that apprentice under him or whatever, it's you know you go, gosh, I wish we had that today. And it sounds like you guys are creating that. So my question is. Um, when you've when you've seen some of these people at the beginning and let's say some of those people have been placed in the industry and are actually working are you still following those uh, some of those relationships do they stay with you after all this time i'd be curious to know that oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah. yeah a ton of success stories from you know, one of my, my favorite one is a recent one. We had uh, a screenwriter based in Inniscarry, Ireland. It's a small <sighs> town uh, south of Dublin. She is the most wonderful, positive, optimistic person ever. Her name's Veronica Merrill. And within one month of being a member of Stage 32, she had her, she posted her log line on Stage 32. You can post log lines for projects, whether they're scripts you have completed or just an idea you had. And, and she, that, that project has since been optioned. So she sold that script. She's since sold one other script. And Amanda, I don't, or Angela, I don't know if you knew this, but she also is talking to a manager. So like- She is? Yeah. We oh like DM on, we DM on Instagram all the time. So like we love keeping up with our, our success stories and members and following their careers. So oh, that's, that's great. That's great. That has to make you feel good that, you know, this platform that you have, people are succeeding so quickly too. I mean, that's, yeah. that's wonderful. 
I know I was going to ask John, what do you think? How do you think your career would have been different if something like this were available when you were starting out? I think, I think what you miss when you're going it alone, because nobody knows anything when they're 23. <laughs> Although you think, and so if you had that kind of community to bounce stuff off of and people that had had the experience and say, you know, really, let me, let me take you by the hand and this is the path you want to do. You've got some rudimentary talent and rudimentary skills, but you're going to have to work really hard and here's the path to go. Oh my goodness, that would have made a huge difference. I mean, as, as uh, Taylor was alluding to film school, film school can teach you a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things, but, but the actual me mechanics of working in the relationship and just keeping your butt in the chair as a, for writer speak, you know, and the discipline that it takes, if you had somebody that was encouraging you and guiding you, huge difference, huge difference, yeah. Um, our director of script service, developmental services, uh, Jason, he and I often say that film school and any kind of conservatory that you can find yourself going to does a really great job of teaching you the show, end of show business, but it doesn't yeah. really teach you the business end of show business. And we're here to help fill in that very necessary gap, you know? Um, and it feels really good to be able to, it just feels good to be able to do that. And, and we're all, RB, our founder and CEO is a producer and a screenwriter mm -hmm. and an actor himself. Angela, like she said, is a writer and an actor. I'm an actress and our uh, managing director, Amanda Tony, is a producer who recently sold a show, an unscripted show to a major US network. So like we all work in entertainment in addition to our stage 32 jobs. So we know exactly what you guys are going through and how it feels to be on that side of things yeah. so we definitely love hearing those stories and those successes and we understand the hustle some fears i think that's important to kind of be able to relate in that way with the people that you're mentoring or just working with in general that's a, that's a really great thing we do have a question from Charles B., how do you protect your script? It was suggested to me to have anyone that views your script sign an NDA, and how often are lawsuits leveled for ideas that get copied? Got it. So um, I think that having to sign an NDA anytime you read somebody's script, I, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't worry about doing that at all. I think that if you want that security on your screenplay, the best and easiest way to go about that is just to register your piece with the WGA and then it's good to go. It'll cost you $20 to do, um, and it is instantaneous. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, we obviously talk to a lot of writers all the time, and there is always that fear that someone is going to steal your story and steal your piece and steal your idea. Um, and there's obviously all these horror stories about it having happened, and it doesn't, it is not a thing that happens as often as you think mm -hmm. at all, because so often whenever a story is being read, it's not just your idea that's capturing somebody's attention. It's also your voice that's attached to that idea. Mm -hmm. And if somebody were to try to replicate it, they, they couldn't. But if you want that extra piece of security, register it with WGA online and you'll be completely good to go for sure. John, do you have anything you want to add about that? I totally agree with that. I, I, think, I think NDA is a, is, a, is a bit overboard. I think uh, registering with the WGA is quick and easy. and, and and the thing is, I think there's a fear when, when you're starting writing that, you know, you discover an idea, you execute the idea, and you go, this is my precious thing. And you think, I don't want anybody to take it. It's pretty rare in the instance when there's actual plagiarism. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but it's, it's pretty rare. But, but as uh, Angela said, registering it, just that's the easiest, most, 
most, I think, clearest, easiest way to take care of that. So, so I we have, to, oh, go ahead, Taylor, go ahead. Oh, sure. I've also, uh, RB, our CEO does a lot of ask me anything. And I've heard him talk a lot about this. <clears throat> and he said that some executives that he's worked with won't even read a script. If someone sends him an NDA, they're like, nope, this, this writer is going to be a handful. This is, this is going to be too much work. Oh, how because interesting. You can like, like Angela said, register it with the WGA. It's so fast. It also makes you feel super legit. You get a lovely like flyer that says your name and the name of the script and everything. Um, but you can't really protect an idea. You can protect your script. So I think what Angela said was just like so brilliant about your story is so specific to your voice. So I wouldn't stress too much about someone thieving your idea or your story. We have a question here kind of about ideas. I think from Charles, um, if you can't get clearance on a derivative idea from the company that originated the idea, do you go forward and produce it anyway and then worry after the, after the fact about the company approaching you? Oh, boy. So... Hmm. Are, are you think, are you referencing something for example like if you were to do your own take on like a marvel story for example sure um, we'll do that yeah. okay yeah um i okay i would always make sure that you get clearance from that company because if you were to go ahead and produce it without them giving you permission to go ahead and, and produce this thing on your own i can't begin to imagine the amount of financial trouble and legal trouble that you would get in for doing something like that without their permission. Um, and in addition to that financial trouble, it's just something that would, that would maybe very potentially destroy your career, which I would hate to see happen to you. So it is our idea took place in the sixties and I, okay. I, yeah, just the same. I would probably, I, I would seek out their permission um, it's the same idea, any kind of existing IP or any kind of idea that belongs to somebody else, you always want to make sure that you get the permission of who, whomever created that idea first before you go forth and try to produce it yourself. I actually have an interesting uh, story about this. Uh, if anyone's familiar with Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm -hmm. uh, from a theater standpoint, no one can do that show in Los Angeles because the uh, author of the original play does not like LA. And even <laughs> if you submit a request to officially do it, you cannot do it. I was in a show that was a parody of that show, which should be protected by parody law. Uh, and we got a very angry cease and desist immediately. So if you have anything or you're trying to promote your project tied to like Marvel-based characters or Harry Potter, or like any of those big IPs, especially, um, it does happen. You can get cease and desist. And if you actually cease and desist, it could stop and you won't have any financial ramifications, but it, it is tricky trying to do things based on other IP without, especially without permission. I did not um, know that about Rocky Horror. That is. Yeah. Holy. What a random thing. You don't like a place, so it's not going to happen here. That's not ever going <laughs> to happen. That's some power too. <laughs> that's a power move. That's, that's funny. Um, so, okay. We had another quick question in the box. It says, what if they, the studio asks you to sign an NDA? Yeah. Sign it. That's yeah. sign that. Yeah. Sign that for that's sure. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. That's a wildly <laughs> different animal. I, I run into uh, situations like that auditioning all the time. And it's oh, like, yeah. 
sign this NDA? Yes, okay. And you can't sign it quickly enough. But um, yeah, it's a different deal if it is, if it's with your screenplay, because here's the caveat with uh, when you're a screenwriter, you have to be able to share this story in order to know that your story is working and that your piece is working. You just wanna make sure that you're sharing that story with trusted eyes and experienced eyes who are gonna be able to give you the notes that you need that are gonna be able to take your story to the next level. And it is, that trust is such a hard thing to find and storytellers are all hyper vulnerable people because with your art, you have to be, but you also have to make yourself vulnerable to be able to share it. Um, and it's the only way that your stories are going to get as strong as they potentially can be. Um, it's, it's a really, it, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough dance to dance, but it's something that you have to do for sure. Baby birds got to fly the nest and yeah. give those wings some, some air. Yeah. Michael Hall, uh, if I may, Sarah asked another question. Yeah, absolutely. This is a great question. Um, I've worked for Stage 32 for two years and I often get excited about the vast amount of content on here. So Michael asked, given the vast amount of content on Stage 32, what is the best way to get in front of the right eye? Thanks thanks in advance all. Well, thank you, Michael Hall. And I looked at your profile, delightful. I'll send you a network request. <laughs> so the very first thing I would recommend any Stage 32 member doing is going to the Introduce Yourself Lounge, which I'll post in the chat shortly. and introduce yourself, say hello, where you live, what you're passionate about, uh, writing, performing, directing. And there is a delightful experience this weekend. We do once a month on the third weekend of every month called Introduce Yourself Weekend. So it is the busiest time on the site, bar none. We have thousands of people from all over the world check in, introduce themselves, and just hop in the Introduce Yourself Lounge either this weekend or anytime and comment on other people's posts, see what they're doing, engage with what they have going on. And specifically to you, because of getting in front of the right eyes, that sounds like perhaps a screen screenplay thing. I will, we've talked about Jason a lot, our director of script services. We call him our screenwriting shaman. Uh, he helps True. carry all of our screenwriters to the right eyes. Um, I will put his email in here. You can email him at j.merch at stage32.com because there are so many pitch sessions, services that it can get a little overwhelming and he can help you find the right person for your project. So just send him your genre and your log line and he can help point you in the right direction. And he loves to, loves. like he loves doing this so much. So definitely That's shoot him an email. Thanks for dropping his email in there. That's that's awesome. Um, so I know you said you you have the online. Um, what I forget what you called it, like get to know you or introduce yourself. Introduce yourself weekend. <laughs> introduce yourself. So are you planning any in person events in the future? Sure. So I'm just pulling up our introduce yourself lounge right now to drop it in the chat. Um, we are, as I mentioned, celebrating our 10 year anniversary this year, and our CEOs teased some potential events and we'll get back to you before the world shut down. We did regularly, we hosted uh, meetups in different cities all over the world and we would do in-person events. And we're also partners with a lot of great festivals and film markets like the American mm -hmm. Film Market and Marche du Film at Cannes and um, Series Fest, which is going on next week. So we're partners with a lot of really great festivals. So we have a lot of the in-person experiences sort of take place with these best in tandem with the festivals. Um, so at current 
I don't have any exciting in-person events to to tell everyone, but stay tuned. So people will be able to find those on the website, on the Stage 32 website. And also I noticed you have a very large Instagram following. And so you, you post stuff on there as well for in-person events or just anything that's coming up, correct? Absolutely. I think uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of those things were at Stage 32 and at Stage 32 scripts. So you can definitely find any updates for those kind of events there for sure awesome what a great networking opportunity i miss all of that in-person stuff Me too. <laughs> here it's been just on zoom which is great uh but yeah the in-person stuff there's nothing like it um so what are some of the changes and challenges that you've seen over the years at stage 32 or just in video production in general so the biggest change i would say is that it the, the the filmmaking world, the filmmaking industry has just become so much more virtual, obviously, over the past 16 months out of necessity. Um, but also just because, I mean, it's it's convenient, you know, though I think the industry is realizing that not all screenwriters and not all producers and not all directors are based in either New York City or Los Angeles. They're everywhere. And so they wanted to make sure that they opened the industry up to everyone everywhere it's why we have community members in like taylor said 180 countries it's like we we've had writers get optioned out of ireland we've had writers get optioned in the middle east there are people who are active in central america and south america and africa and it's amazing um you shouldn't have to feel like you should pick up and move your life to one of two cities to feel like you're active uh in tv and film and stage 32 is here to help everybody out who doesn't necessarily live in those two cities. Um, so I think by virtue of the industry becoming that much more virtual and having more talks like this over Zoom and having more meetings over Zoom and auditions over Zoom and things like that, I think it's just benefiting more people. And I only see the industry becoming more virtual over time, um, which is very exciting, you know. Um, I think that the biggest challenge is also one of the biggest gifts is that there is no clear cut way into the industry anymore. There are so many different routes that you could take um, to be able to find your way in and find some measure of success in the industry. And because you have all these different routes, I can see how easily overwhelming it can be. Um, but that also means that you have more things to try and you have more ways to like, you have more things to throw to dartboard until something eventually sticks. That was not a great metaphor. And I apologize for that. <laughs> but um, there are so many ways in that I have to think that if you're an artist of any kind, whatever it is that you do in the industry, the longer that you stick it out, the more that you put yourself out there and the more things that you try to get your way into the door eventually, you're going to do it. You just will. Yeah. John, what do you, what do you think um, just with the changes you've seen or experienced over the years? How, and where do you see it kind of going? Boy, that's a good question. Um, I, I pretty much agree pretty much with what Angela said. Um, I've seen a tendency for in some storytelling wise some shrinkage to just IP. As long as there's a recognizable IP, then people want to do that and, and it's getting harder and harder in some some ways to have an original original story it'd be hard to make a kramer versus kramer today just 
just who's going to, you know, you have very small budgets, even micro budgets, and then you have very, very large budgets, but you have very, very few films that have the medium budgets. And so um, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of films because I, of, of those original stories, because I think there's a scarcity of them, but there's also, there's a scarcity of courage from, um, I'm generalizing here, from studios to take a chance on those because they forget that those original stories that became blockbusters were original stories to begin with. <laughs> so, but everybody's so scared. They're like, well, we know this IP people recognize this. So we're going to make a movie of it. But there's just such a wealth of storytelling out there that I'm, I'm hopeful that there'll be a turning of the ship back to some of those original stories. So, so there, oh, I'm so sorry to cut you off. Does that, does that make sense what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Angela, what were you going to add? I'm so sorry. I just, I get so excited talking about this. Um, so I agreed and there is such a huge demand for existing IP and turning that into, um, and turning that into screenplays. And I, I think that a lot of people do think that that's kind of the only way in right now. Um, but I know that there is also an increasing demand for diverse voices to be telling stories and therefore diverse stories that are going to be coming out of that. So the the industry right now is looking for female voices, uh, more female writers telling more female-led stories. We're looking for more Black voices. We're looking for more voices from the LGBTQIA plus community. And I think, thank goodness, right? Like more people telling more stories that we haven't heard before. Um, and I do think that that demand is going to continue to grow. And I know that there's also an increasing demand for... Um, genre blended things. Uh, I know that like Get Out kind of helped to pave the way for that because it was a horror comedy and very much so was both of those things. Yeah. Um, and so now there's all these studios that are looking for more like absolute blends of things because there is really no clear cut. This is only a horror anymore. This is only a sci-fi thing anymore. Um, and there's a billion different directions that you can go in that regard uh so yeah i mean i think i think ip is one thing but i think that there's also all of those options as well and i'm excited to see those demands grow and we should mention that there's probably now more than ever there's so many more venues for storytelling because there's a hunger for content so it's not just the theater it's all these streaming platforms it's all of these other areas so so in that sense there's more opportunity than ever so, I, I mean, I'd be remiss if we didn't say something about that. So. Yeah. I have a question. So say I'm a beginner. Like, I, I want to log on to Stage Story. I want to join. First of all, is there any criteria that I need to have to join Stage 32? Okay. So, okay. I can be a beginner. I've been doing it for years. I've been doing it forever. And I can join. And mm -hmm. is, is there a cost to join? It is free. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's really cool. So I make my username, I log in. Um, and how does it work once I'm in? So I know you, you have the introduce yourself lounge. Is that what it's called? Introduce yourself lounge. Introduce yeah. yourself lounge. And then from there, where do I go? If I am a writer, like, where do I go? What do I do? How do I make it work to my advantage? T, you want to take this one? 
Sure. Well, first and foremost, we like to encourage everyone to set up their profile, include a photo, uh, fill out your bio. You can have places to fill out your log lines, links to other projects, YouTube channels, Instagram, what have you. You can upload videos if it's your reel, a trailer for a, a short you shot. Um, so fill out your profile as fully as possible because I know a lot of us, myself included, if I get a network request from someone who doesn't, it's just like that plain avatar image that you naturally get and there's no bio, I, I don't accept it because I'm like, I don't know anything about you. So you want to like set yourself up for success and set up your profile, number one. And then, like I said, go to the introduce yourself lounge, introduce yourself. We also have lounges for acting, post-production, cinematography, directing, filmmaking, like all of the different facets. So you can go in there and network with people that work in your same field or alternatively, if Angela and I were actually just talking about this, about how actors often always know a bunch of other actors, but maybe as an actor, go into the filmmaking lounge and try to meet some directors because those are the people who are gonna cast you in projects. Uh, God love your actor friends who are also acting, but you wanna also network with people that work on all sides of the entertainment industry. Um, you mentioned writers specifically. We have, uh, we haven't actually talked much about this yet, um, but I think it's, maybe we'll talk about it later, but we have the writer's room, which is a, a lovely service that is a great way to meet with writers once a week, often actually like three times a week. They've, they have all these breakout rooms now where they do pitch practices amongst themselves and all these other great uh, ways to kind of just like continue getting in the rhythm of writing consistently. Um, and then if you're looking for to learn something specific, you can head over to our education section and there's all the webinars and classes if you're looking for something more in depth. Um, and we also have our blog. I run our blog, which is tons and I think we have almost 3000 articles and you can search by if you're looking just for acting or if you're looking just for composing film composing articles. I have, we have a bunch of great articles there. So there's a lot of different ways, just like Angela was saying, there's a lot of different ways to make it in the industry. There's a lot of different ways to navigate stage 32. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to join. I want to check it out, like check out everything um, for sure. After this, that's what I'm going to do. But could you, Taylor, talk a little bit more about the education portion that you mentioned earlier? Sure, sure. So like I said earlier, we have we've been saying over 1500 hours for like the last year. So at this point, I feel like it's probably over 2000 hours, it has to be. at least two webinars a week that are live. And then we have a library of all of our past webinars on demand. So any webinar, if you can't make it in person, in person, as in like live virtually, you can watch all of them on demand after the fact. Um, one of our most popular ones was actually a free webcast, which was our Netflix TV pitch workshop. Um, we partnered with Netflix's Christopher Mack, who is a wonderful, very talented, he's the, he's a wild title, the Director of Creative Talent Investment and Development at Netflix. And he spent three hours talking about how to pitch to Netflix, what they're looking for, how to structure a story for the Netflix audience. Um, so we have a ton of just so, so many webinars and resources um, within Stage 32. And like I said, they're all taught by people who are working in the industry and have like real experience with whatever they're teaching. Wow. So I can imagine that 
anything Netflix that you offer or put out is going to be popular. Um, what are some of the other trends that you see uh, happen on stage 32? Within uh, education, especially, we have a lot of education on screenwriting, a lot of developing for specific niches. We'll have, you know, webinars on how to write horror specifically, or like a TV pilot for horror, uh, or a TV pilot for streaming, because that's a little different than like a cable show. So there's a lot, a lot of content for screenwriters. Um, there's also a lot of great things about producing your own work. Um, like I think we have something for an as uh, we have an actor from Better Call Saul who teaches a webinar about um, how he wrote his own pilot and how he shot started producing his own content. Um, so there are a lot of trends within Stage Thirty Two about what people are really interested in, um, and networking is a big part of it too. We, we end up talking about networking because that's really the with all of the amazing pillars and facets of Stage Thirty Two, our root is always in networking and connecting with people authentically and to continue teaching people how to make these lasting relationships. Um, Cause I find that people in networking tend to be a little, I like to refer to it as like me, 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 instead of being you, 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 what can I bring to you? How can I help you? Cause that is really how you create relationships that foster a long career. It's uh, funny that you said that how people can be Mimi when really it needs to like, what can you do? And I think in the beginning, when we started doing these webcasts, somebody on the panel said this quote, and I have it taped on my um, thing right here. And it says, add value or offer to add value before you ask for value. And I was like, oh, I, I, I think that's so smart and like so right. And so it's funny that you said that because it reminded me of that right here that um, we heard on Crew Talk a really long time ago. Um, but I totally agree. I would love actually to give you uh, a little sneak peek where uh, this Introduce Yourself weekend upcoming, we're doing a spin on it where we're doing Introduce Your Friend weekend because mm -hmm. it kind of takes the pressure off of like having that pressure to be like, look how awesome I am. Here's all these great things about me. And instead you get to present how awesome someone you love is and how great they are at something. And we did this once before and somebody wrote in to our community manager, Kay, and they, I just wanted to read this to you because I just thought it was so interesting. Um, she said, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for inviting me to introduce yourself weekend. I had such a great time getting to know some fabulous people. And without your challenge, I don't think I would have felt emboldened to participate. Um, and then she goes on to say, she ref references an app that she uses for meditation. And there is, she says, it turns out that science has to say a thing or two about connection. In um, one research experiment, participants were given a certain sum of money. Half of them were asked to buy something for themselves. The other half were asked to spend it on others. The ones tasked with gifting the money, gifting it reported higher levels of satisfaction and well-being. Um, and she couldn't help but connect that to introduce your friend weekend, but just inherently giving is so much better than taking and people in networking, especially in entertainment, have a little bit of a challenge with that. So I just wanted to share that because I, that blog is going to go live on Friday. And when I read that, I was like, that's such an interesting way of looking at it. It's a great way of looking at it. Great way. <laughs> we do have two questions that came through on the chat box um, from Charles. Does a script have to include lookbook beats lookbook beats to create the entire package? What is enough to make it worth producing? Is a script enough? 
Um, I think that, I think it depends. I think that the more, especially once your screenplay is hyper-refined, um, the more materials that you can have to back that script up, the better. Um, a lookbook, a deck, a Bible is always a great way to go because ultimately when you're pitching it, you're going to be pitching both the piece itself and also the lookbook. So the vibe of what the, the overall story is going to, to be, like your color pattern and your tone and like your ideal casting, all those things. Um, you want to have as many materials to back up your story and back up your vision as is possible when you're going in to pitch. However, do know that your script is ultimately the most important piece of that puzzle. So it's great if you have a really sick uh, lookbook. That's awesome. That lookbook in, on its own isn't going to get you in the door and isn't going to get your piece picked up. So you want to make sure that you have a really, really, really great script to accompany it. If all you have is that script, um, I suppose that you could get attention, you would probably get that much more attention if you had a known like showrunner attached to help get that script off the ground with you. Um, and that's just really, it's certainly doable, but it is that much more difficult to do if all you have is that script. Um, so I would say try to get as many materials together as is possible before you are taking it to studios and industry folks. Um, but don't discount the fact that you you could just do it with only that script. Okay. And John, I'm going to direct uh, another question here to you from Charles. Does it make sense to refine your script because it's going to get rewritten over and over right through development and production anyway? Um, yes. I think you have to make your script as good as it possibly can be. As, I mean, and that means rewriting and rewriting because after all, writing is rewriting. Yep. So I think, I think you have to, yeah, you can't go, well, I think this, this first draft is probably good enough because, you know, they're going to change it anyway. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to, you really have to, you have to make it, you know, a pearl as much as you can before you let it out of your hands. So, so I would say, and, that, and even then you're always going, oh, wait, I could have, but that's just the way it is. So. Okay. And we had another question from Michael. From within stage 32, what percentage, generally speaking, of well-crafted and produced shorts find feature development deals? The whiplash model, if you will. That's a good question. Oh, that boy. is a great question. Um, and sort of like we've been saying, there's no one path to entertainment success or within stage 32. So it's hard to give you a percentage because not everyone has produced shorts. Many people just go with the script model. Um, I will say specific to something we did recently in the wake of specifically when South by Southwest got canceled last year, it was sort of the first domino to fall. Um, we launched something called Stage 32 Screenings, which was uh, our answer to a virtual way for filmmakers that had, were affected by the cancellation of in-person festivals to still screen their work in front of big executives. We have, you know, like Angela was mentioning all of our script services, we have over a thousand development executives, literary managers, producers, uh, directors, all these people that work with Stage 32. And so we started Stage 32 Screenings to where we had, we partnered with certain festivals like South by Southwest, Tribeca, we've got 
Vail Film Festival in their Series Fest um, and a collection of other festivals. And those filmmakers that were official selections of those festivals last year were able to submit their projects to Stage 32 screenings where they could screen directly to these development executives. And of those films that were in there, we had three features get picked up for distribution. And we had, I think over a hundred meeting requests between filmmakers with agents and other producers and everything. So it's hard to give you an exact percentage, um, especially because that specific example is not reflective of everyone on the site, um, but definitely a lot of people making moves and getting connections. Yeah. We actually have a, a, an additional new way in uh, consultation wise, we have something that we've created called a real review. We've only had it around for a couple of months. So it's like one of our newest babies on the developmental service side. Um, but it's a way for, if you have, if you're an actor and you have a reel, or if you have a sizzle reel, or if you have a short film, um, and you want one of our industry pros that we have on our roster to be able to look it over and give you some feedback before you like send it out to the world to either get representation or send off to festivals or what have you, you can submit your short film and have a consultation around that. And these pros will tell you what's working and what's not. You know, you actually, you can probably do away with these three minutes that are right here. Um, but that's another way to network with, if, you know, if you want to have this consultation with a producer, it's another way to network with them and to introduce your material to them before you take it out into the world. So it's kind of, it's a half step, but it's another way to get your material out there and to see if it has a future as a, a future of uh, becoming a feature eventually, for sure. Yeah, we also have um, a short film contest. If you're specifically yeah. talking about in the range of short films, um, we just uh, announced the winners of our sixth annual short film contest. And all of the winners, they get to screen with our partner festivals, Holly Shorts, which is an Oscar qualifying festival. So that's super fun Thank and you. exciting. And now that it's coming back in person, it's at the, the Chinese theater in uh, LA. I've screened in that that theater before and it is wild being there it's really cool um and also rain dance film festival in london and many of our past we've had this year we had eight films uh eight shorts win and we usually have between six and eight films that are our, our winning group and we've had a lot of those filmmakers have gone on to get managers representation our grand prize winner last year um gwen joyu she's a amazing director that she's from France originally based in Argentina and she got an LA manager who is helping develop her career internationally and so she's working on projects all over the world so a lot of times um, people will not necessarily do the whiplash method of getting funding to go forth and make their feature but they've now since because of these opportunities been hired to direct other features or hired to produce other projects so there's again, just no one path. Everyone's got something unique going on on stage 32. Yes, everybody, I mean, in any field, I guess you have to take your own unique path. That's what makes your story. Yeah. Uh, so Angela, you mentioned that the um, feature you were just talking about is, is a new feature with, uh, I forget what you called it, real something. A real review, yeah. Real review, so that's new. Are there any other new uh, and exciting features coming out on stage 32 in the near future? So um, both our adaptation review that I mentioned earlier and the real review are probably our two newest features that we have, and they're both a couple of months old respectively. But we are um, 
the one community that we feel like we aren't representing quite as much on stage 32 is actually the acting community. So we are looking to create more services developed or curated specifically around actors and figuring out, okay, what can we do for you? How can we help you out um, with your career? And so we are currently in the process of brainstorming what exactly those things are and what they look like, but I'm incredibly excited to, to offer more things to the acting community in the future and hopefully in the very, the very near future for sure. What about voice actors? I mean, absolutely, okay. 100%. <laughs> so there are, I mean, I can see these panels on your wall. So I yeah, know, I, <laughs> I know this. Um, so we already do have some voice acting uh, webinars through Stage 32 Education that you can 100% do. If you're looking to build your own studio, if you're looking to start your own podcast, things like that, we have webinars and classes that are geared specifically around those things. So those things exist already. We just want to have more of those things available sure. for our acting community. And I mean, the voice acting world, it's its like become increasingly larger over the past couple of years. And I have a feeling that it's getting ready to actually explode. And I am so excited for that. Oh, so yeah. Of course, we will be doing voice acting. There's lots of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. That's very cool. Um, so we kind of went over the website, what you do when you log in for the first time and kind of how to meet everybody and the really cool features. Um, but what are some of your favorite features that people can utilize on stage 32? Oh, boy. Hi. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm a blog baby. I, the blog is my baby and I, I run all the blog and it's all user generated. So members write the blogs and many of my member, my members that have written blogs for me have gone on to get hired, um, on projects. So one of my favorite stories is a, a Germany based screenwriter wrote a blog for me and she connected with a Palo Alto, California based author who read her blog on stage 32 and is like, this is it. I found the person who I want to adapt my novel into a screenplay. And now she got hired by her and they're working across time zones and international waters to work together. Um, so that's something that I personally love about stage 32, just the, the vast voices you can hear from an experience and things that they've learned on stage 32. Agreed. Um, I, I love that so much. I also, I love our lounges so much because it is, it's a, it's just a space for artists from across the world, literally across the world to connect with one another. And there are people who are asking questions to one another about the industry all the time. Like, how do you feel about using adverbs in your action lines? Do you think this is a great idea or do you think this is a terrible idea? Or, hi, I just wrote my first feature. Uh, I just finished draft three of my feature. What exactly do I do next? Like they're literally asking questions of one another. Um, what's your favorite action movie? And there are people from all over the world chiming in with this because there are so many different voices from around the world that are active in these spaces. They're also finding ways to become friends and collaborators in these spaces as well. And what a great thing. Um, I just to bank off of what Taylor said, I am consistently uh, impressed and just so delighted by how many people find ways to collaborate with each other on our platform because collaboration is everything. It's something that we don't speak about enough as storytellers, but we can't get anywhere unless we find people to collaborate with. It's not a one person deal. You have to find a community. Um, 
we've heard Taylor and I probably refer to ourselves as a community like a billion to seven different times in just this chat, but it's true. <laughs> like that's we that's the kind of environment that we wanted to cultivate at Sage 32 because you can't get anywhere unless you have a community behind you. Um, and I also love just speaking from the administrative end of things, how accessible I feel like we're able to be to the people in our community. There are so many different resources and so many different things that you can do on just our site alone. But if you need advice and if you need specific advice or you just want to vent to somebody who has been in your shoes or is currently in your shoes, we on the administrative end of things are always there and always available for you. And it, it just feels so nice and it does my heart so much good to feel like I'm a venting wall if you need it or I'm an advocate if you need it or both. Um, yeah, I think those are probably my favorite things about the platform for sure. Cause there's yeah. some great things. Go ahead, Taylor. Yeah. I was going to say like within the blog and the lab, like really it's just like celebrating each other. So like there's so, mm -hmm. there's so many even avenues to, for success stories. We have a whole section of our blog, which is member success stories. We have a whole lounge, like, uh, Angela was saying, that's, we call it your stage. And this is where you can be like, mm -hmm. this great thing happened. I got into a festival and I'm so excited. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. Yeah. And we have a running list of just success stories where people submit testimonials. And it's just magical, like Angela was saying, seeing the amount of different ways people find these collaborations on stage 32. Wonderful. We have another question. Um, and I don't fully understand it. Maybe you guys will. Are the studios going to follow the Manhattan Beach stage called the volume? That's, uh, I know there's Manhattan Beach Studios, uh, but I'm not 100% certain what the volume is. I am not either, actually. John stumped you as well? Well, I guess we're stumped on that one. <laughs> um, John, I was going to ask, what piece of advice do you have for someone who's just getting started besides joining Stage 32? Oh, um, I, I, th I think... Um, take, I was talking to my wife about this just the other day about things I wish I had done when I was first starting out. And I think part, part of that is getting as much training. And in this case, in writing, writing, writing and being disciplined about it consistently and, and reading, reading, if you're going to write, you have to read a lot and reading over a, a wide breadth of material. Because that that just naturally is through osmosis absorbs your, your your being, and so you 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 instinctively start to see what to, what makes a good story, what doesn't, different styles, different rhythms, things like that. So I would I would tell any I would tell myself again or anybody else say write as much as you can because the first stuff you write isn't going to be very good. You're going to think it's brilliant, but it's really not. So get <laughs> get all that out and. and Read as much as you can and keep writing and keep writing and keep writing. And pretty soon through that process, you find your own voice. And once you find your own voice, then you're on track to really tell some, some unique stories, I think. So read and write as much as you can. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, Taylor and Angela and John as well, where do you see the, land, the future landscape of the industry going? I guess, Taylor, we can start with you because you're first on my screen. <laughs> Sure. Well, I think we're still going to be 
living in this virtual world, you know, from an acting perspective, I heard someone recently say like, there's never going to be another in-person audition. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think in-person auditions are going to come back and I could not be more thrilled about that personally. Um, but I do think the virtual landscape has opened up the doors to so many more people all over the world and the talent pool has gotten so much bigger and you know from someone who I lived in LA for five years and I loved it but I'm really excited to live in Austin now and be closer to my family and so there's so much more opportunity no matter where you live um, and sort of to speak to that I mentioned our Netflix TV pitch workshop earlier that was a big thing that Christopher Mack talked about is that on a huge studio level, like, or streamer level, I suppose you could say, like Netflix, they are consistently looking for local language content, and they are wanting to shoot that content in that place with local crew and local talent, and they're so big, on a big level, like Netflix, people are continuing to look for content that is true to specific places, which gives, again, just the pool is so much wider now, and you don't have to live in traditional markets like LA or New York, or I suppose even London. So I think it's really, and it's a really exciting time to be in entertainment. And I think there's more opportunities than ever to break in. Wonderful. John, what about you? Well, these two, these two are brilliant. So, I mean, I, I <laughs> the landscape much better than I do. Um, but I, I think there's going to be room for, for, for stories that have emotional resonance. And by, and by, and by that, I mean, stories that stay with you that people talk about. And, and those are always the stories that I want to tell. And those are the stories that I want to watch. And I think those come from original voices. Those come from um, diverse voices. And I think we're going to see more and more of that. So that is what I look forward to in the future. So Exciting. Awesome. Angela, what about you? Um, oh, boy. Just to, just to bank off of what both Taylor and John said, I think there's just going to be more room for everyone and more room for every story. And it's about time, right? Um, I think that, you know, there are a lot of writers that we'll talk with all the time who have a fear that there's just kind of the, the same stories that are being told and the same stories that are being told over and over again. Well, that's been happening for centuries that's been happening since the dawn of time <laughs> there's like there are a series of like less than a dozen basic frameworks for any kind of story so it's up to you as a contemporary storyteller in this day and age to figure out how to turn that story that we all know on its head and give it a twist that we haven't heard before and give it a different kind of voice and a different kind of feel that we haven't heard before and that's where these diverse stories are these diverse voices and diverse stories are coming in that's and it's just so necessary. <laughs> and I'm so excited about it. I feel like I get more and more excited about how much the industry is opening up for new voices and new stories literally every single week. Like, I can't wait. Um, I can't wait to be knocked off of my seat by, I think we're in the golden age of television. I think it's going to become more golden. I think that the films that are coming out of this past year are going to be mind-blowing and I can't wait to hear what stories they tell um and I just think we're kind of we're only going up as far as I'm concerned well that's wonderful and very exciting to hear <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you crave content um yes. so 
I can't believe an hour has passed already. Um, oh my gosh. I know. It's time to wrap up, which is crazy. Um, but I think it went so quickly because we're having fun and you guys are just all spilling some great information. Uh, but thank you to the three of you for being here today. And I always go around at the end and kind of have everyone say their name again and just where people can find you, whether it's on Instagram or your email, if you are comfortable, whatever you're comfortable sharing, you go ahead and do that. So Taylor, again, I will start with you. Hi, uh, again, my name is Taylor C. Baker. I am an actor and the director of community at Stage 32. Uh, you can find me on Stage 32 at stage32.com slash Taylor C. Baker. Um, if anybody is interested in writing a blog for Stage 32 or sharing any of their information, insights, education, things they've learned, um, or is interested or knows anyone uh, that could be good for our brand ambassador program, which I didn't talk a lot about today. Ooh, can you quickly but, talk about that? Sure. So we're launching an international brand, brand ambassador program where we're going to have people all over the world that are going to be really curating individual communities within their countries, states, cities, um, as we're sh sharing on social media and, you know, getting more, we're trying to hit a million members by next year. So we're going to have you guys join us in that adventure. Um, but you guys can email me at Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R at stage32.com. I'm on Instagram at Taylor C. Baker. And I also, if you guys like baking and the Great British Bake Off, I'm baking my way through the Great British Bake Off on YouTube. No way. It. Sorry. Just I'm like, that, that's amazing. I love that show. Like no one else knows what soggy bottom means. But like if you watch the Great British Bake Off, okay. you totally we know. We know what it means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. Everybody check that out. <laughs> awesome. Uh, youtube.com slash C slash Taylor C. Baker, or just look up Taylor C. Baker YouTube. It's appropriate your last name is Baker then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Trying to live up to my namesake because I'm a decent baker, but I'm not the fancy amateur bakers they are on the show that are somehow know how to make these insane desserts. I will yeah. never understand it. <laughs> it's, it's so entertaining to watch though. I love that show. It's so perfect. John, want to wrap things up for us with where people can find you? Sure. Uh, my name's John Kelly. You can find me at my website at uh, jkelly, um, <clears throat> jkellyworks.com. It's uh, K-E-L-L-Y uh, uh, com, And all my information is there. And thanks again, because I learned so much from these things. I'm just, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you for joining us. And Angela. You can find me on Sage 32 uh, I'm the only Angela Christentello that exists on stage 32. <laughs> you can also find me on Instagram at, at ang.christentello. Um, and I'm also on at stage 32 scripts all the time on Instagram. Um, and you can also shoot me an email at writerhelp at stage32.com. And I will answer any and all questions that you ever have. Or if you just want to say hello, say hello to me there. I'm active on there all the time. Um, and I would love to say hello to you. Well, wonderful. Thank you, the three of you for joining us. This was so informative. And I know everyone who was tuning in learned a lot. Now go, all of you enjoyed stage 32. Um, I will see you guys next time. I'm Sarah Marintz. You can find me on Sarah, uh, Instagram at Sarah Marintz, sarahmarintz.com for all your voiceover needs. And I will see you guys next time. Bye, everyone. 
you might be looking at shoot stop video and thinking, so how does this all work? Is this about A, setting up the whole crew for me, B, just giving me options and having me handle it, or C, something in between? Well, it's D, all of the above. To put it simply, we're here to help you in any way that we can to get the crew and talent you need for your next production. We believe that every level of video production can benefit from a well-maintained list of qualified crew members for every position. This goes for pre-pro, on set, and for post. Every project is different, so if you need a producer to help manage the decision-making process, then we can totally do that. If you're already a producer and want to build your own crew from scratch, then go for it. We're here to make your next production a success. And if you are crew or talent looking for producers that want you, then you've come to the right place. Sign up now and also leave a referral for any solid people that you know that are already on here. Thank you for considering ShootStop Video and happy shooting!